Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include housing inventory around the nation, my interview with Sir Banks Linda Case on how mortgage servicers can maintain high quality standards throughout the life cycle of a loan, and what's going on in the capital markets ahead of a couple inflation reports this week. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mortgage technology for modern lenders. Simple Nexus leads the pack in mortgage technology innovation, continuously introducing new features that enable lenders to support borrowers at every step of the home ownership journey. Learn more at simplenexus.com. The United States has everything. Mountains, forests, plains, rivers, swamps, tropical jungles, glaciers, beaches, I could go on. But apparently there's a certain attraction for some in countries like Italy, Mexico, Costa Rica, and Portugal for U.S. citizens, as those are the top countries for Americans buying real estate abroad. Back in the good old U.S. of A., the subject of a lack of inventory continues to be discussed from coast to coast. What if the big companies sold their holdings? Well, Invitation Homes is the largest single owner of single-family rental homes in the U.S., managing more than 80,000 homes. But why should they, or any other corporate homeowner, sell them? Speaking of big numbers, among unmarried people ages 18 and over who have never been married, widowed, or divorced, regardless of their sexual orientation, the odds of finding a potential mate in the U.S. are in men's favor. There are roughly 89.8 unmarried men for every 100 unmarried women. And don't say this podcast never teaches you anything. For today's interview, I want to welcome onto the show Sir Banks Linda Case to talk about how mortgage servicers can maintain high quality standards throughout the life cycle of a loan. As Executive Vice President of Loan Administration, she brings more than 30 years of experience to her position at Servbank. Her wide range of experience spans from originations to REO sales making her a valuable asset to Servbank's fast-growing servicing team. Since joining the company five years ago, she's helped spearhead many technology-enabled initiatives, and under her expert leadership, she strengthened Servbank's industry-leading servicing team through her risk management, property and casualty insurance, customer service, mortgage servicing, and program implementation expertise. She's held leadership positions at Loancraft and TransUnion Settlement Solutions, and prior to joining Servbank, she was SVP of Client Implementation and Major Account Advocacy at Proctor Financial. Linda, I'm very happy to have you back today. And I know you're here to share with us how servicers can, and specifically how Servbank provides high-quality service through oversight controls, operational processes, etc. But before we get into that, let's let's open by having you tell us why that's so important. Uh, what are risks and ramifications if a Servicer is not good at oversight, controls, operational processes, et cetera. Oh, sure. Thanks. Um, really, I'd love to say there's an easy button for having proper oversight controls and the ability to maintain regulatory adherence, but really, uh, there just isn't. I, I sure wish there was because it would make my job a whole lot easier. But the reality is that mortgage servicing can be extremely complex at times and have a lot of moving parts. So if things go wrong, things can quickly turn risky and expensive for our clients and ultimately lead to really poor service for the customer. 
So that's why it's important that operationally, servicers are prepared to manage their portfolios, curveballs and all. And as I stated, if you're not proficient with your oversight and controls, it can be costly to servicers and investors. It can result in errors. And if you have enough of those situations, it can harm your reputation as a servicer and your client's reputation, which in turn hurts their ability to generate new business. Um, It can result in servicers and their clients carrying unnecessary advances, which ties up their funds, which otherwise could be used for revenue producing activities. So not being proficient can mean that quality issues um, impact the conveyance condition of properties, which is costly to investors. Honestly, the list of bad things that can happen can go on and on. So let me just sum it up by saying having poor proper oversight and controls is a must. If you want to avoid regulatory exposure, fines, complaints, reputational damage, and unnecessary costs. So um, most importantly, you've got to have guardrails on that servicing portfolio to ensure a positive uh, customer experience. So at ServeBank, we do understand that our clients entrust their customers and their brand to us. And we know that oversight and controls provide safety nets And having those safety nets is just simply the right thing to do if you're a servicer who truly cares, cares about your customers and cares about your clients. Okay, I'll ask you to share your perspective on how mortgage servicers can maintain high quality standards throughout the life cycle of a loan. Let's just say that the origination of a loan is the engagement. And then the loan closing is the wedding day then loan servicing is the 30-year marriage after that. So a successful long-term relationship requires a lot of hard work and a lot of care. At Bank, we exercise extreme ownership over all the moving parts so that we can maintain that high-quality standard within our servicing portfolio and drive excellence into the customer's experience. So high quality starts right at the beginning of the servicing life cycle when the loan boards. And so whether we're boarding a newly originated loan or a seasoned loan that is being transferred from another servicer, our loan boarding and data integration teams perform hundreds of data validations, logical condition tests. And we do that so we can ensure that we start out on solid footing. But By the nature of mortgage servicing, loan data changes over time as certain just regular everyday activities occur, like making monthly mortgage payments or escrow disbursements, increases in tax and insurance, and and just other typical things. So it's imperative that there be a persistent state of monitoring and controls to identify any potential issues over time. At ServeBank, we happen to utilize three lines of defense to help us maintain those high quality uh, and compliance standards in our portfolio. So we have QC and controls within the line of business. We have QA audits that are based on detailed reviews of selected loans. And then at the corporate level, we have servicing risk management, which tests and evaluates our practices and procedures. So collectively, we're all working together to create that bubble wrap around our servicing portfolio. And this allows us to maintain high quality throughout the mortgage servicing life cycle, that 30-year marriage we talked about. 
And I think nothing shows you care more about keeping something perfectly intact than wrapping it in bubble wrap. Most mortgage servicers rely on vendors or third parties to perform certain functions on their behalf. So how do mortgage servicers ensure their vendors are performing to high standards as well? Well, I mean, simply from a regulatory standpoint, servicers are responsible for performing due diligence and oversight of their vendors. And as is true with many regulatory requirements, it's just the right thing to do. But I think at ServBank, we appreciate and partner with our vendors in a highly and collaborative way. We have many measurements, controls, and guardrails in place within our business units, as well as within our corporate compliance teams. So our vendor partners are expected to perform to our service level requirements. Um, We monitor and perform call calibrations with any vendor partner who may communicate directly with our customers. And while we have great partners, we also recognize where there may be areas that while performed contractually to the service level agreement, they may still fall a bit short of the level of excellence we choose to deliver. So in those cases, we'll bubble wrap those processes too. Um, If needed, we'll roll up our sleeves and perform certain functions internally. For example, we'll perform our own outreach for insurance renewals if it's close to the date it needs to be paid and the renewal invoice hasn't been received. We also retain subject matter experts that handle unique escrow situations. So like on our own internal tax team, we are highly skilled at dealing with exemptions, new construction and parcels that haven't been split yet. And on the insurance side, we have experts in flood insurance, condominium, California fire, wind, loss drafts. So maintaining our internal expertise in partnership with our vendors allows us to provide the best in class experience to the customers we serve. And it's just how we live our culture of care at ServBank. Well, even with that culture of care, unfortunately, it's inevitable that some errors are going to occur. So can you describe some best practices for maintaining high quality while resolving issues? I think you can tell a lot about a person's character when you observe how they behave when they've done something wrong. So you would want to see that person admit and own their mistake and then make it right. I think the same is true of an organization. So when issues arise, you should expect transparency and a full commitment to make it right. I also think it's best practice not only to resolve the issue at hand quickly, but also to understand the root cause. So root cause analysis can help point to maybe a data or process gap that needs to be cured to prevent the issue from occurring again. At ServBank, we find that because we're obsessed with no repeat issues, it's resulted in some very innovative solutions. So like a great example of this is how um, we leverage some additional information at the time of loan boarding that lets us have really customized business rules with our tax and insurance partners. So at boarding, we collect information that tells us exactly what was paid at closing and what was projected at closing for taxes and insurance. And then this allows us to have a rule with our partners that doesn't assume that things were paid. And so by doing this, we virtually have eliminated taxes and insurance from not getting paid. And conversely, we've eliminated paying these items in duplicate, which can create unnecessary refunds and shortages. So by managing issues, 
and their resolution and digging deep into root causes, then injecting some creative solutions. We've, we've managed to solve a long-standing industry problem around that first-year escrow experience. And finally, Linda, before I let you go, a mortgage servicing operation typically has multiple departments performing independent functions. Can you describe some best practices for how mortgage servicers can maintain continuity of service across the entire operation? Sure. So you're right. Um, mortgage servicing by its nature entails a lot of interdepartment activity. So delays and errors can occur easily if the process handoffs between teams is slow or sloppy. So at Serve Bank, we're fortunate to have a culture of extreme ownership, which has allowed us to excel across all our departments and deliver a unified premium customer experience. We accomplish this really by operating in a fully transparent manner between our teams, with our clients, and with our customers. Probably a good example with this, and I keep going back to escrow, but you know, escrow has a lot of dependencies with loan boarding, our cash team, our customer care team. And our escrow team simply can't be successful if each of the other teams don't understand or recognize the direct impact that their processes have on the escrow experience. So anytime there are updates to rules or processes, these are socialized amongst the teams and the impact to the other teams are evaluated. This allows us to ensure training and processes are updated in coordination with other teams for a very cohesive solution. And it's really special to work on a team where everyone cares just as much as you do about taking care of the customers and the clients. We learn from each other and we help each other every single day. And the primary beneficiary of our esteemed collaboration with each other is our customers. So we've invested well in our people, in our technology, and in our culture. So for us, delivering continuity of service across the entire servicing operation is simply a byproduct of us living our core values every day. Yeah, I can tell that's something you really care about and, and you couldn't see it, but uh, put a smile on my face to hear that come from your mouth. Linda, uh, it had been too long since I last spoke to you, but I'm very happy that I had you back on the podcast today and I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks so much, Robbie. You have a great afternoon. Well, the Fed is largely considered to be nearing the end of its hiking cycle. The terminal rate is still up for debate. The economic calendar this week We'll feature updates on retail sales, producer prices, and jobless claims. Federal Reserve speakers are in a blackout period ahead of the FOMC meeting scheduled for next week, September 19th and 20th, which could give the economic reports extra weight. This upcoming week will be dominated by the consumer price and producer price, aka inflation, reports that help shape views on how close the Fed is to ending its rate hikes. As mentioned, there won't be any Fed speak ahead of next week's FOMC meeting, and in addition to those inflation reports, retail sales and consumer sentiment will also be released. We learned yesterday that U.S. consumers' inflation expectations were mostly stable in August, but households grew more concerned about their finances and more pessimistic about the job market. Today's economic calendar includes NFIB small business optimism for August and Redbook same store to sales. After yesterday's $44 billion three-year note sale from the Treasury met decent demand, Today brings reopening results from $35 billion of 10-year Treasury notes. We begin the day with agency MBS prices unchanged for Monday afternoon. The 10-year yielding 4.28 after closing yesterday at 4.29%.
and the Jew, you're at an even 5.0%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I asked my grandpa, Grandpa, after 65 years together, you still call grandma darling, beautiful, and honey. What's the secret? To which he laughed and said, I forgot her name five years ago, and I'm scared to ask her what it is. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, an Encino company, makers of the mortgage technology suite that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution. Learn more at simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.